The world is a college of corporations. Less than less 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 than three percent of you less than three percent of you people read books. Happy Friday. Welcome everyone to the podcast. It is Friday, May 26, 2023. So today we'll be looking at these top stories, try to break them down just a little bit. First of all, um, I will not have a cigar review today, um, but I will be delving into the art of martinis and specifically the use of vermouth. But first, let's get into the news. Uh, I'm not gonna have a cigar review today because I did not smoke that Rocky Patel. I'm gonna save it for Sunday. I'm gonna have some folks over. It is Memorial Day weekend, so start your party early, I always say. So let's get into these stories here. First of all, I talked yesterday about this guy, Eric Sandow, the Florida man who was apprehended on preschool grounds a mile and a half away from CIA headquarters with weapons in his car and claimed that he worked for the CIA. While well, he's being held without bail, is this MK Ultra gone awry? And we're gonna remember Aaron Alexis. If you don't know who he is, he is or well known as the Navy Yard shooter or the incident, took part in the incident, was the perpetrator of the incident known as the Navy Yard shooting. Now, I've talked previously about how Navy psychiatry is behind uh, the mind control efforts of the U.S. government at Al and their minders. Also, Ron DeSantis, is he controlled opposition? As I predicted, he is on the attack to hit Trump from the right during the primary. So he started hitting Trump right away. Like I said, it, that doesn't do well for his poll numbers, so we'll see how that pans out. And also, the North Face joins other corporations to push LGBTQ propaganda during Gay Pride Month. And why Gay Pride Month? We'll talk a little bit how Gay Pride Month turned into uh, Pride Month. It's all part of corporate media propaganda because uh, it's not about market share, obviously. Uh, it's about psyops because these corporations are losing market share by trying to cater to 0.1% of the population. Um, doesn't make any sense. So I'll be covering uh, these stories and more. Don't forget to engage the channel, like, subscribe, leave a comment down below. Follow me on social media. So let's get into uh, the news. So I'm going to cover a couple loose stories at the end here, a little bit about Kissinger. 
and something that's going on in Chicago that's going to supposedly address the violence they have there every holiday weekend. So I'm going to start here with the Wall Street Journal. Um, DeSantis presidential campaign looks to rebound after botched Twitter announcement. So most of you probably already know that, what was it on Tuesday? Well, the other day that um, Ron DeSantis decided to announce his, uh, formally announce his presidential run, and he did it on uh, Twitter's uh, spaces, I think it's called. Uh, it was an audio only, and it was full of glitches, and it was just, we're not sure, but somebody from Twitter did resign. I, I say sabotage, so we'll look into that briefly. But GOP critics question the 2024's hopeful's judgment as he plans aggressive travel schedule in early primary states. Um, everybody's questioning this. I, I'm starting to tie, uh, attribute all of this nonsense as um, signs of controlled opposition because really if he cared about the country um, there would be some coalescing behind MAGA or America First policies no matter who is the candidate representing those things. So Mediaite reports DeSantis slams Trump for adding almost $8 trillion in debt in just four years. Uh, Trump is not a conservative. He's a businessman and um, you know, adding money to the money supply uh, has some initial stimulation to the economy, but it ends up in inflation. I really put I put the the lot of that onto the Democrats because when Joe Biden took office, the pandemic was pretty much over, and they continued uh, the stimulate uh, stimulate spending. And uh, it just added to the debt, and it's really what caused inflation. Trump is partly uh, responsible, but you have to understand the economy was closed down. There had to be something done. So whether it was warranted or not is another thing. Mediaite also reports that Santa smacks back at Trump COVID ha attacks on Glenn Beck show. He turned the country over to Fauci. Uh, all fair attacks, uh, for sure. But I wanted to go into this, which is more important than what the mainstream media glosses over. This is from BBC. Twitter engineer boss Fode Dabiri quits day after DeSantis launch glitches. An engineering chief at Twitter says he's leaving the company a day after the launch of Ron DeSantis's U.S. presidential campaign on the platform was hit with technical glitches. More than 8% of the firm's workforce has been cut, blah, blah, blah. Uh, Mr. Dehebri, uh Debiri, excuse me, did not specify what he had, why he decided to leave Twitter, whether it was related to the problems of DeSantis' event on the platform. Uh, he was forced out by Musk. Um, I believe that this guy here, Debiri, uh, is probably a leftist, and he tried to sabotage uh, DeSantis's because there are a lot of activist people were in Twitter. Most of them were let go, but this guy was probably in there wanting to derail. Uh, DeSantis's campaign by throwing in glitches that uh, manifested or really it, it took over 20 minutes for them to get the uh, audio cast up. Now, what I wanted to lead with here was this guy, Eric Sandow. Now, as I said yesterday on the podcast is that, oh, and I also commented on the New York Post, I, I think I did that more succinctly, is that... Um, People with weapons in their car in the D.C., Virginia area 
um, are often, you see, if there is an asset, not a card carrying CIA or three letter intelligence agency person per se, but these people are all over DC and really all over the world and all over America, um, agents and assets don't walk around fully armed, but they do have weapons in their car at all times. And these assets uh, are often uh, mistakenly pulled over or found um, in certain areas and they're found out to have weapons in their car and whatnot. Um, so you can look at the media reports and see that these people exist. And usually um, nothing happens of the case. They either try to bury it or in this case, where um, yesterday, other day before yesterday, I'll just read the CNN Armed man arrested near CIA headquarters uh, at a Virginia preschool will stay in jail, judge decides. So he's going to be kept far away from the press or he won't be allowed out because, as I stated in the lead, that this might be MK Ultra, another MK Ultra gone awry. Now, a lot of these incidents where people are arrested with, you know, fully loaded for bear with weapons and magazines and ammunition in their car. Um, usually these people are of sound mind and not really an issue. Um, they're just found to have weapons in their car and there's a brief story in the news. But th in this case, this guy, I think, is off the reservation. The Florida man who allegedly told officers at CIA headquarters he had a gun. Eric Sandow, 32, of Gainesville, Florida, will remain behind bars. Sandow was charged with felony possession of a firearm on school property. So the only crime he really had was the fact that in Virginia, he's allowed to have his weapons in his car, uh, but he was on school property. The case marks another example of alarming security incidents in Washington. And I'll just go on to say, uh, the Washington Post says no bail for man found with AK-47. Uh, he appeared at his bond hearing. Uh, police were called to the preschool about 11 a.m. Tuesday after a community member saw a man on the property. The preschool's board of the director said in the statement that the man wanted to use the preschool's bathroom. Uh, no, he was found uh, skulking around, lurking on the property. And when he asked what he was doing there, he said he was looking for a bathroom. He didn't approach the the school and knock on the door and said, can I use your bathroom? He was found there and said he needed to use the bathroom as an excuse. And then when further interrogated, he said he worked for the CIA and he was making his way to CIA headquarters, which he had already apparently turned up at and said, I have weapons in the car. Now, why would someone do that if they weren't instructed to do so? Like I say often enough that people are communicated with online and they're told to do certain things by certain people at three-letter agencies. And then some people go off the reservations like they get, because they usually target mentally ill people. And so he showed up at CIA thinking he works for them. Who? What would give him that idea? And he says, yeah, I, I'm ready. I got my, I got the guns in the car. You know, what do I do next? And then he shows up at the preschool. So this is, there's a lot of questions uh, surrounding this guy. Man from Gainesville has been charged with possession of firearms on school ground. That's the only charge. And they say they're keeping him without bail, despite the charge, which, is rel which isn't really that serious. I mean, obviously some leftists will say serious, but if you have weapons in your car, he didn't say he was going to shoot anybody. He was just uh, 
under some, he was under the impression that he worked for CIA. And that uh, state prosecutors argued that Sandow is too dangerous to release by saying there are kids outside, blah, blah, blah. Uh, that doesn't really mean anything. It's not a really serious charge to have weapons in your car. He didn't threaten to use them. He just showed up, said, I do have guns in my car. I'm ready. So I wanted to equate this to Aaron Alexis. This is way back in 2013. This is uh, before Sandy Hook, Navy Yard shooting update, dead suspect identified as 34-year-old Aaron Alexis, former Navy electrician. He's a former electrician who all of a sudden started doing tech work. He was a, uh, a tech, he was a technician, a technology technician that was going around um, the Navy offices, uh, supposedly there to fix computers, printers, and whatnot. So the big deal about this case was that he carved, this is my ELF weapon, on the shotgun that he used to execute many people. Now, let's just go to the Washington Navy Yard shooting uh, from Wikipedia, and I'll give you the lowdown on this. The Washington Navy Yard uh, shooting occurred on September 16th, 2013, when 34-year-old Aaron Alexis fatally shot 12 people and injured three others in a mass shooting at the headquarters of the Navy Sea Systems Command inside Washington Navy Yard in Southeast Washington, D.C. The attack took place in the Navy Yard Building 197. It began around 8.16 a.m. and ended when police killed Alexis around 9.25. It is the deadliest mass shooting in Washington, D.C. history as well as the second deadly mass shooting on a U.S. military base. And the point about this is, is that... Um, the uh, the Capitol Police SWAT team was actually in the area and requested to intervene, and they were told to stand down. Now, I reported on this in my blog way back in 2013. And so he shoots people, death, deaths caused by the shooter, victims, perpetrator. Now, again, Aaron Alexis had was purportedly was suffering from mental illness. Now, we don't know where he got the shotgun, but he carved on it, this is my ELF weapon. So uh, he, in Seattle, Washington, he was arrested for malicious mischief after shooting out the tires of another man's vehicle, what he described as an anger-fueled blackout, and also arrested for disorderly conduct. Alexis worked in Japan from September 2012 to 2013 on Navy Marine Corps intranet projects. Mental health issues. After the Navy Yard shooting, the media speculated that Alexis appeared to be suffering from mental illness. He had taken apart his bed uh, prior to the Navy Yard shooting. He had done all these crazy stuff. Eric's instead, uh, he tested an AR-15 semi on a Matic rifle, but did not seek to buy it, a lawyer said, for the store. After testing the rifle, Aaron Alexis acquired, inquired about buying a handgun at the store, but was told federal law does not allow dealers to sell such guns directly out-of-state customers. Alexis instead purchased a Remington Model 870 Express Tactical 12-gauge shotgun and two boxes of shells. After passing state and federal background checks, before the shooting, Alexis sawed off the shotgun and scratched the phrases better off this way, my ELF weapon, 
not what y'all say, and end of the torment. So ELF means equal uh, uh, electric uh, extra low frequency. Apparently, it has something to do with mind control. So he was um, he described himself as suffering from mind control, like many. So CBS News of Virginia sheds light on mental illness of Navy Yard gunman Aaron Alexis. Less than a month before he went on the shooting rampage that killed 12 people, Washington Navy Yard gunman Aaron Alexis twice visited U.S. Department of Veteran Affairs medical centers to seek treatment for insomnia, but when asked about uh, by doctors, he denied having thoughts about harming himself or others. It was a very mysterious situation there. And the New Yorker reports... An avoidable tragedy, Aaron Alexis and mental illness, and they go on to talk about how his mental illness was a f- uh, factor, um, and how fact, um, Aaron, like I often say, when when they're dealing with mind control, they want to take weak-minded people or people suffering from mental illness, and they always blame people with uh, uh, for taking part in in violent actions because they say they're paranoid. They have these conspiracy theories. They think people are talking to them over the internet, and they do these strange things, and so they blame it on mental illness. What uh, what if they actually are mind control? Uh, like Colin Ferguson or whoever, uh, what if they really are under mind control and not insane, probably weak-minded, maybe paranoid, but these people are usually targeted with what I call um, mundane mind control that we all suffer under and then specific targeted mind control. So moving on to more psychological operations, uh, North Face's latest target of backlash against Pride Celebration ad. It's not Pride Celebration ad. It was a trans, uh, what, a drag person, drag queen, uh, marketing uh, North Face apparel. So Newsweek North Face boycott uh, calls grow as company defends Pride range. I think it's rage. Unacceptable. Uh, the North Face is, behind, is the latest band that conservatives are calling people to boycott after it launches a Pride Month campaign featuring a drag queen. Summer of Pride, perhaps. Ad Age, the North Face continues Pride push amid LGBTQ marketing backlash. The Outdoors brand is the second is is in the second year of its Summer of Pride series. Um, I, I think it's just bad uh, because it's not Pride. Uh, it's gay Pride. So let's just call it for what it is. It's not pride. NBC Montana uh, brand backlash, how marketing strategies, consumer attitudes are impacting companies. Ahead of Pride Month, Target has pulled some of its items from its stores after backlash over its Pride Month collection and some other brands like Bud Light and North Face are having issues as well because people are tired of the LGBTQ propaganda. Um, just not in my face. So here's Britannica, Gay Pride. Gay Pride, also called LGBT Pride or LGBTQ Pride, by name Pride, annual celebration usually in June in the United States and sometimes other times in other other countries. And LGBT, and it talks about the Stonewall riots, which were in 1970, which is 50 years ago, okay? We're way past that now. Early demonstrations, and that's how the Pride... um, 
the pride uh, parades started and I'm all for gay pride parades. And like the History Channel, Pride Month 2023 talks about the origins of Pride Month. It all started as gay pride and they go back to the Stonewall riots indeed where first gay pride parade one year later later after the Stonewall riots in 1970 during the annual anniversary, excuse me, of the Stonewall riots, activists in New York City marched through the streets of Manhattan, commemoration of the uprising, and that's what started gay pride. And the Stonewall riots, the Stonewall Inn, was in fact a gay bar that police raided. Um, And so after that, they had a gay pride parade because that's actually what it is. They should call it LGBTQ++ P whatever pride uh, if they just don't want to say gay pride but it is not just pride month and so also the history channel does not say when gay pride month became pride month they totally gloss over that and that is significant psyop because they're trying to take the homosexuality or the sexual perversion out of pride so you have the rainbow Understanding the psychology of advertising. Psychology is not the you know, only tool for better under, understand the, uh, those around you. It also can lead to increased influence. And while these uh, persuasion skills are typically put towards research, research or counseling, they can all be useful in fields outside of the direct psychology world, such as marketing and advertising. And that's what they're doing. They're trying to, it's a normalization campaign, which is um, for uh, millennia has been seen as a sexual perversion. And like I said, the gay population is not a majority of the population. It is a small minority. And it is perfectly understood that adults engaged in legal sexual activity should not be demonized or slandered in any way. I understand that. But this open normalization for something that a lot of people consider not normal, and especially when it targets children, um, people have a problem with that because all of a sudden the marketing or the marketing to normalize becomes a psyop. And when that psyop is directed towards innocence, people that not can't defend themselves against psychological operations and advertising, um, people have a problem with that. So the very vulnerable are obviously children and uh, the mentally impaired. What is media psychology degree and what are its benefits? This is from ND, uh, Indeed. Psychology is a vast area of study and behavior and external factors interact with the mind. Specialized subjects in psychology can focus on particular external factors and or environmental contexts such as cultural, occupational, forensic, or media Understanding some aspects of media psychology can help you decide whether it may be the right career path for you. Media psychology degree is a degree focusing on the impact of media on the brain and behavior. You don't need to go any further on to that. And from Yoga Esoteric, How to Spot a Media PSYOP, this article is not about conspiracy theory. The American political establishment appears to have settled on an aggressive disinformation campaign against its own citizens as a result of the way it lost control over the narrative in 2016 and its campaign is only escalating. Um, In 2005, George Bush admitted in a televised press conference that the U.S. government creates its own news videos to give the press. 
In 2017, the National Defense Authorization Act allots a portion of its defense budget to a new State Department-run counter-propaganda program to fight certain types of information Americans are getting from the Internet. So when I tell you, this is speaking of the author, the American government is known for actively using the media to psychologically manipulate the American people. That isn't some wacky conspiracy theory. It's a fact these people have been legalizing and legislating PSYOP campaigns domestically, I would add, because they want you to use them. They want to use them. So this person, and this is from Sage Journals, propaganda through reflexive control and mediated construction of reality. Now, so folks should understand what reflexive control, just behavior modification or behavioral, behavioral influence the nature of reality has long been the center of uh, certain philosophy and social science, but since the proliferation of social media, psychological operations have taken on greater uh, visibility and significance of political action, fake news and micro-targeted and deceptive advertising in general. In elections and votes have brought the tenuous character of political reality to the fore. The affordance of the internet, World Wide Web, and social media have enabled users to be mobilized to varying degrees and awareness for propaganda and disinformation, uh, both as producers and spreaders of content and as generators of data for profiling and targeting. This article will argue that the social media platforms and broader political economy of the internet create the possibilities for online interactions and targeting, which enable form of political intervention focused on the destabilization of perceptions of reality and recruit users in the construction of new politically useful realities. I'm not going to go into this whole paper, um, but it can be found uh, at Sage Journals. It's uh, titled Propaganda Through Reflexive Control and the Mediated Construction of Reality. That has to do with a play on your emotions. Six Secrets of Unleashing the Power of Retail uh, retail Media. Retail media networks are booming, but increasing innovation of spurring competition. This is how to unlock true potential of retail media. And so it goes, and these are the sorts of people that are pushing... um, pushing this uh, uh, DEI sort of uh, propaganda in uh, the ad spaces of retail media because it's all a psyop that um, they receive money from uh, certain groups, including government groups, to push uh, this sort of media, which is a form of, I wouldn't say brainwashing, but um, of cultural influence because there's a normalization effect. In some other unrelated news, at 100, Kissinger basks in U.S. praise with no accountability. This is from the AFP, and it goes into the history of the war criminal Henry Kissinger, as does this article from Barron's Henry Kissinger Major Moments. And, of course, Barron's leads with his um, Kissinger's um, opening up of China and their introduction to the WTO and opening up uh, China uh to a lot of other um, investment, which has been uh, fraught with, you know, international. We are where we are in this adversarial role, the United States and the West, with China, because the West props up China for for what purpose? I mean, you can decide on your own, but the fact is, is that we built China into the adversary that it is now, and that's why you have some people backing the authoritarian nature of the CCP. Um, 
because we the CIA double crossed uh, the nationalist Chinese or the Taiwanese back uh, in the forties, and that's why we are where we are. And then Kissinger opened it up to economic investment, um, which was all farce because we built the Soviet Union, the West did, uh, the West Western elite, and we build up China because the Soviets didn't turn out to be the kind of communists we wanted. We like more of a fascist communist like the Chinese. So the Chicago, in another unrelated story, but this is important for the weekend, Chicago Tribune state deploying 30 peacekeepers in Chicago over Memorial Day weekend in an effort to prevent violence through de-escalation. The reality is is Chicago is a war zone, particularly on the holidays, and so you should stay out of downtown Chicago during a major holiday weekend, specifically Memorial Day. There's going to be a lot of violence, and they think these peacekeepers are going to help. I doubt it. And then I want to end up to uh, for this holiday weekend to talk briefly about um, vermouth and making martini. So when you make a martini, it's the vodka that shines, depending what type of vodka you like. I like Smirnoff because it has the cleanest taste. So what you want to do, I like a very dry martini, is you want to accentuate the vodka by adding some vermouth. Now, martini recipes ask for a variety of different levels of vermouth, but just remember they call it, or my old friend uh, Locker used to call it a bullet for a reason. It's not a one ounce vodka cocktail. It's three and a half or more ounces of vodka. So it'll put you on your ass, especially if you're not used to drinking that much alcohol. So a limit of two, two bullets will put you on your ass, but a bullet will put you on your ass. So, um, but you want to accentuate the vodka with the vermouth. So I like Carpano uh, Bianco. Um, This is, Carpano has a bunch of different vermouths. Uh, The Antica formula is, I think, one of the best, but uh, Classico is also good, but I like the Bianca. Um, It's very flavorful, so I use a very little amount. It's usually in and out. I usually rinse the cocktail shaker or the glass with the vermouth and just add the straight vodka. Most people also use Martini and Rossi. Um, Martini and Rossi Extra Dry is usually used for Martini, which got its name from uh, the vermouth uh, Martini and Rossi Extra Dry. And other vermouths uh, include Dolan, which is not Irish, it's actually French. Uh, they're very, they're Chambray, uh, vermouth of Chambray. Uh, they're Extra Dry is what I use. They're vermouth dry, they have a red vermouth, and they also have a white vermouth. But the dry vermouth here is what people use for martinis. That's, I usually use Corpano. I sometimes do use Dolan, sometimes uh, Martini and Rossi, but those are the real picks for me. Uh, And I'm just gonna leave you here with a picture of my finished martini from yesterday. I'm hanging a little bit. I started my weekend early, and I hope you do the same So um, please enjoy your weekend safely and have a great Memorial Day weekend here in the Northeast. It's supposed to be a beautiful weekend. Um, So enjoy yourself. That's it for me, Rudy's Revelation. Thank you for dropping in on the podcast and uh, I will see you all Monday. This is all a conspiracy. Don't you know that it's a conspiracy there?